Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. They want it so badly and they have shame around wanting it and they think that it's the thing that'll make them happy, but then they judge other people who have it because they believe that it's the root of all evil. And all of that stuff is such a trip because money is just a resource. Money is just like any resource, whether it's water, which is a great resource, or fire, which can be an amazing resource. We would not be able to cook our food without fire. All of these things are incredible resources. And they're all neutral, right? It's how you use a toaster that matters. It's how you use water that matters. Someone can drown from it. Someone can also live from water, right? So it's either life-giving or it's life-altering. you know, altering. And money is one of those things. And the Talmud says that money is the great magnifier. And so if you are, it, it, it compares it to a garden. And so if money were to fall 
in a garden on top of some roses, there will be more roses. But if money were to fall on like rain, weeds, there'll be more weeds. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. What does it look like to live an abundant life? That may feel like a pie in the sky question to ask, but I want you to just entertain the thought for a moment. What does abundance look like to you? And while money might be the first thing that pops into your head, I challenge you to think about abundance not simply as a dollar amount, but as the way you want to live your life, what you want to do, where you want to work, how you want to spend your time, and how you want to feel. I am super, super interested in this idea of abundance and how to bring what you want to do in life into reality. So I turn to the abundance expert herself, Kathy Heller. You may know Kathy from her super popular podcast, The Kathy Heller Podcast, or her book, Don't Keep Your Day Job. Kathy believes that creating true abundance is about this simple formula, your mindset plus action. As Kathy says, it all starts with optimism. You have to feel a level of possibility for the things you want to do in life. And that starts with a vision and the thoughts you have around that vision. This episode, my friend, is a joy explosion full of Kathy's inspiring words and practical steps to help you start walking in abundance this year. I hope you're ready. Let's start talking. Kathy, I am so thrilled to have you join us on Everyone's Talking Money podcast. Thanks so much for being here. This is just so much fun, and I really love talking about money. I just think it's <laughs> I think it's the sort of doorway to so many good conversations. And so I love that that's what your whole podcast sort of begins with, and i'm I'm here for it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously we we love this idea of of talking about money. I love talking about our relationship with money and how those two connect, because that's something that um, you just don't hear a lot when we are talking about the conversation around money. And, you know, something that I really want to talk to you about is this idea of of abundance. When I was thinking about the questions, kind of what I wanted to talk to you about, um, I was reading your bio and it started with this line that you are a fire hose of inspiration. And so I thought, you know, what better to bring to our audience than than a little inspiration? You're also the host of a very popular podcast, The Kathy Heller Show, uh, where you talk to everyone from celebrities to everyday heroes, how to find purpose and more abundance in life. So, you know, I want to dive into your money story a little bit, dive into this idea of abundance. And, you know, I think on the show, we talk about money and I've struggled with this in the past that abundance can't just be about the amount of money you make or about the amount of money you have in your bank account, right? That that doesn't really bring true abundance. So kind of starting us out thinking about this idea of of abundance, Kathy, like how do we define it? What does it look like? Oh my gosh, this is just fun. It's so much fun. So thank you for that beautiful introduction. What comes to mind first, and then I I just want to take this in so many fun places, is one of the people that I've had on my podcast a couple times is Deepak Chopra. And his last book is called Abundance. And I'm going to start here because I think he says it so well that the universe is abundant. It's infinite. It's literally infinite. And every acorn is the promise of thousands of forests. So 
I start there and then I'll backtrack and tell you that when I was in my 20s, I was 21, I just graduated from college and I had an accidental, beautiful adventure where I went to Jerusalem after college for a two-week trip and I stayed for three years. And I just didn't intend that that was going to be the case, but I met a Kabbalist who I just was on the phone with this morning. We speak every Thursday morning. He's been my greatest teacher for 20, let's see, I'm 43, so 22 years. And uh, he taught me abundance. And it's very similar to Deepak's view of the world, right? When you start to understand this universe and you start to understand Einstein, Einstein is the best way in because science is the great unifier, People get a little bit uncomfortable around the languages that people use around different spiritual terms, but not science because math is math. And Einstein taught us that the world is actually not in three dimensions as we see it with our eyeballs. Our eyes see things in cubes. They look physical and every physical thing looks separate from everything else. So the coffee cup on your table looks like it's separate from your hand and your hand looks like it's a distance away from the wall, right? When really the world is in 10 dimensions, that's actual reality. So we, people say, be realistic. What real reality, if you actually <laughs> want to know, it's 10 dimensions and it's all made of energy. And we are all, whether we want to buy in or not to science, that's our, that's our decision, but it doesn't make it not true that the, the way that energy works is that an atom, which is what everything's made of, is 99% frequency just energetic, and it's less than 1% physicality particle. So the world is this infinite, abundant field. Okay. So when you kind of know that you wear different glasses, you have different lenses. And when you have that lens, you know that all things are, are right here, right? It's like a big field of consciousness of energy. It's so beautiful. And it can sound really out there and really woo, but it's not, I'll give you a really hard and fast example is that when you cut your finger, um, everyone's had that happen, a paper cut or you, you nick yourself. What happens immediately is that your body immediately goes into repair. Okay. So that's a really good example of how the world we live in is actually not net neutral. It's net positive. So the second you get a little nick on your finger, you take it for granted. You no longer see this as a miracle. It's just nature. It's just science, but your body immediately repairs it. It's the same thing with everything else. So if I took two guitars and I used to be a musician full time, if I took two guitars and I put these two different guitars on the table next to me, um, those two guitars would actually connect to each other in a really interesting way. If I plucked the C string on one guitar do you know what happens to the other guitar? What? Tell me. The C string on that guitar will vibrate. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, so, 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 yeah, they're so, like working together in harmony, right? Yeah, but really in resonance. So meaning what, whatever frequency, right, because everything emits a frequency, whatever frequency is sent out, it's exactly what comes back. So if you pluck the F string or the D string, the C string on the other guitar doesn't move, the F string does. Because there's actually a law, right? Again, this is why I say just go to the science. Forget anything spiritual if that freaks you out. Just go to the science. The, the universe works in resonance. So what I say to people is you also, just like everything we just talked about, 
you emit a vibration. Malcolm Gladwell says that within four seconds, in his book Blink, he describes the science that within four seconds, when someone walks into a room, everybody else in the room can feel that person's resonance. You can tell if that person's having a good day or a bad day. You can tell if that person's energy is contracted, restricted. It's a feeling that is immediate and is immediately transferred. So if and when you decide to look through the eyes of the world being what it actually is, which is infinite and abundant, it's it's really right here for you. And then all of a sudden you start to feel how many incredible moments of joy there are from looking at the 98 shades of green outside your window. When you're in that space and you start to see actually what's here, your whole vibration is a vibration of creativity. It's positivity. You, you will not be able to help it. You will be drawn, right? You will be magnet to, right? More abundance in every way. And so the thing is that's really fascinating is that most people get into a lot of um, contrast and a lot of issues with money because they're of this belief that on the other side of having money, they'll feel joy. But joy is for no reason. Joy in and of itself is the lightness of your own being. So when you think of abundance, what we're really craving is a feeling change. What we really want every day is to feel good, is to feel joy, is to feel peace. So what I'm saying is that's available right now. And when that's the note you're playing, you won't be able to help it. In fact, a good example is like the Dalai Lama. Let's use him as an example. I don't know the guy personally. I wish I did. But he emanates joy, right? Not from something outside of himself. He seems to be the kind of person who, regardless of whether he's sitting in traffic or somebody next to him is in a bad mood, what's ever happening in his environment won't decide his well-being. And so what's happened is he's become a magnet for every good feeling and abundance possible because he is abundance. So what I'm saying is when we understand that our job in this life is to tune our own instrument to a, to a frequency of feeling good and joy and well-being, the abundance is already now done. So whatever amount of money you have, whatever business you have, whatever relationship you have, of course, that's just going to be a byproduct of, it's going to flow from that. And it's, it won't be the, be the thing that makes you happy or not happy because you're already happy, but it'll just be an, an extension of that happiness, an extension of that joy. So what I found is that, by being in this in this sort of zone, I was able to go into all kinds of realms. And then sure enough, like this would turn into a million dollars and then that would turn into $5 million. And I was like, I never thought about it. I never worried about it. I was just so happy and grateful in the moment that it allowed for so much more to keep coming because I didn't need it to come. And so I have so much to say about money and so much to say about abundance and People have so many ways of blocking themselves from money because they want it so badly and they have shame around wanting it and they think that it's the thing that'll make them happy, but then they judge other people who have it because they believe that it's the root of all evil and all of that stuff is such a trip because money is just a resource. Money is just like any resource, whether it's water, which is a great resource, or fire, which can be an amazing resource. We would not be able to cook our food without fire. All of these things are incredible resources, and they're all neutral, right? It's how you use a toaster that matters. It's how you use water that matters. Someone can drown from it. Someone can also live from water, right? So it's either life-giving or it's life-altering. you know, altering. And 
money is one of those things. And the Talmud says that money is the great magnifier. And so if you are, it, it, it compares it to a garden. And so if money were to fall in a garden on top of some roses, there will be more roses. But if money were to fall on like rain weeds, there'll be more weeds. And so if you already at your core are not an in integrity and you have more energy, that that whatever it is will grow, right? And if you have less energy, right, it won't grow. So if you are inherently right now in alignment, you have integrity, you just want to do good, there are tons of people, and with this I'll sort of end this segment, but there are tons of people who have money who are the reason that things get underwritten. If you go to any hospital or any museum or any science you know, lab, there's a building with someone's name on it. Um, and then there are people who have no money who are extremely generous and they're generous without the money. They give of their time. They give of themselves. And then there are people who have no money who are really not kind and the money is not <laughs> the factor. And then there are people who have a lot of money who they're still really not in a place of generosity and there's no amount of money that's enough for them to feel that they can give of themselves. And so it's not really about the money. It's about the alignment. And that's why I say all of the abundance that we seek is from the beginnings of the things that I said. It's inside of your own energy. It's inside of your own well-being. You're really, if somebody promised you that you could have a zillion dollars, but you wouldn't be happy, or you could be like the Dalai Lama and feel that good and not have money, you'd pick being like him. Because all we really want is to feel freaking good. We've just convinced ourselves that the only way to feel good is to have more money. And there are plenty of people who are happy who have no money. And there are plenty of people who are happy who have money. And to decide that by not having money, you could never be happy is, is deluding yourself. And to decide that people who have money are really unhappy, it's also not true. There's plenty <laughs> of people on both sides of the aisle, on both sides of those continuums. It depends on the person. Focus, focus equals feeling. It's what you're focusing on. If your thoughts are in a lousy place, you can have money or no money, you won't feel good. If your thoughts are in a very elevated place, you could have money or no money, you've won. You're great. So money is really fun to talk about, like I said, because people think it's the end of the discussion. It's just the beginning of the discussion. Yeah. I, um, I went to Africa about 10 years ago or so. I went to Kenya and it was such a fascinating experience because you know you were surrounded by by people who really didn't have um a lot of stuff you know their their houses were kind of tent like there was you know mud floor underneath there wasn't even kind of concrete and there really there wasn't a lot you know but they were so happy and it just it really stood out to me and i i thought my gosh like we here in America were surrounded by so much that we really just take advantage of, um, or that we're not maybe generous of in the way that we should be thinking about it in that perspective. And that you know we we struggle here in America with this idea of of happiness and and abundance and what does that truly mean? Where you know so many people live without the things that we live with and are just so generally happy and yeah. and willing to give to other people. It's so beautiful. And it's just, yeah, it's it's such a just an eye-opening experience. And you talked about this idea of of alignment, right? Being 
being abundant, being in abundance is about this this alignment. And you know, when I talk about money, it's it's very much kind of the same thing. I'm talking about this this relationship and the story and you know, kind of what is going on, you know, kind of under the scene, under the covers, if you will. And that that's very much uh, determines, you know, how you use your tool of money kind of out here, out here in the world. But you talked about this idea of, of alignment. And I'm thinking, you know, what if somebody's listening, Kathy, and they're like, okay, I, I understand this, but I, I really don't feel like I'm living any version of an abundant life. Like I just, I either feel stuck or I just, I don't feel um, like I can even get to that place of happiness. How you know? How do I start? Is it is it moment by moment things I'm doing and appreciating and looking at and thinking about, or you know, how do I start bringing on this idea of abundance? Oh my gosh! Well, first of all, I think it's such a beautiful question to unpack, and I think you and I, just like everybody else, that's why we do a podcast because we want to keep unpacking that, right? Like we're we're both until we're 105 are going to be asking those questions. <laughs> yes. And it is so beautiful, isn't it? That you can, you can go, go and see people who don't have the big house on the hill in Beverly Hills and they're really genuinely happy. Like, and I, I, I had a, my grandmother passed away seven years ago, but she grew up with very, very little and uh, immigrant coming from Ukraine and escaping persecution and pogroms and losing family members. Right. Like, um, and then grew up in a, in a tenement, right, on the Lower East Side. And and um, her mom died when she was little. And there was all these people who had a tuberculosis. And they, they took baths in the kitchen sink. And there was one toilet for 26 families to share. And it was outside. And, and what did she say to me? She said, I realized something amazing, which is that the library was free. So she taught herself to read. And wow. um, she read all these books. And then she would go to these dance clubs and she didn't have any money for pantyhose. So she would take an eyeliner pencil and draw a line up the back of her legs so that it would look like she was wearing pantyhose. And she would dance the night away in Harlem at this club called Roseland. And she met my grandfather and she thought, oh my gosh, he's tall, dark, and handsome. He's probably Italian. He's going to find out I'm Jewish. He's never going to want to marry me. And one day she confessed and he said, I'm Jewish too. And she said, I thought you were Italian. And he said, oh good, thank God I can introduce you to my mother and she won't disown me. (laughs) And they got married. And then he had all this innovative qualities to him. And you know what he did? He started making cardboard and putting it inside of his own dress shirts in the collars. And next thing he knew, he thought, wait, people need this. And so he started to go door to door. And then it became a thing where men's dress shirts had cardboard in the collars. And now I think it's advanced and it's whatever. But my grandfather was the person who started that. That's an amazing story. But why I say that is they were both dirt poor, okay, dirt poor. And why why did they wind up bumping into something that wound up paying for, I mean, when my mom grew up, right, she's their kid, she grew up in the suburbs, she had a car, she had a sweet 16, like American dream, right? And my grandfather and his four brothers supported their whole, all of their families with this business. But why did that even happen? Because my grandfather and my grandmother had the courage to go dancing and go to the library instead of sitting there saying, here's all the evidence of why things are really bad. 
My mother just died. We've lost family in Europe. We have no money. But instead it was like, what could I do today? I could read that book. That would feel better. I could go dancing. Now I met her. Ooh, now that I'm dancing, I want to keep my dress shirt collar up. Ooh, actually, you know what? Even though I don't speak great English, what if I walked over to so-and-so and I bought, sold it to him and now I sold it to him and now I sold it to him. And Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm trying to yes. say is... It takes great optimism to be an entrepreneur. It takes great optimism. In fact, Angela Duckworth, who was on my show years ago, wrote a book called Grit. And they looked into Grit and they said, it's a great book. And she did this TED talk about how when they went into classrooms, even in the classrooms where kids were doing just the worst, they could literally turn the whole classroom around with Carol Dweck's work from out of Stanford. She wrote a book called Mindset. And they would apply these techniques. And next thing they knew, these kids would just do so much better. And they realized that the quality that makes people successful was grit. However, the next thing that Angela Duckworth found out is that there's one thing that correlates to grit. And it's optimism. It's optimism. Um, And that in order to be Serena Williams and stay on that court until you're ready to cough up blood and you don't move, you need to have a level of feeling the possibility. And so every great person, whether it was Nelson Mandela or JFK, right? It's the vision. And she said, that is something that we have to take responsibility for. And so I think that is extremely powerful research, which shows that when you wake up in the morning, you're going to select your thoughts the way you select the clothes you're going to wear. And you're going to be aware and say, hang on a second. I mean, this is the whole reason people meditate. This is the whole reason for mindfulness. It's like, can I be aware of where my thoughts are at? If my thoughts are already starting the day with nothing ever works out for me, there's no way this day is going to go well. But how do I want to feel today? right? What do I want to accomplish today? I'm going to need to select my thoughts and say, maybe there are clues everywhere. Maybe there are things that I can do today that could impact one person. What could I give away? What could I do that would bring me a sense of ease? What could give me a little momentum? All of a sudden, you will have a very different day if you can do that for three minutes every single morning. And this is literally, again, people seem to love science. They'll hate psychology sometimes, but they love science. (laughs) That's hard science. Like that's literally what they have found by studying thousands and thousands of successful people is that there was some point in their process where they made it their business every morning to change the way their mind was just running on a program. It's like, no, it's not going to work, right? Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan and the entire Bulls team sit on their butt and meditate. He had the Lakers do the same. And that's why those two teams dominated. It wasn't because they had this extra gene that's so no, it's from your visualizing. It's from choosing and selecting how you think might 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 something be possible, right? And that's what is that's what it is. And I think what happens is we we have a thought that we're a victim of our environment and there's nothing we could ever do differently. And then we don't really have a great day. But if we decide that there is something about us that is so creative and so compelling and we change the way we see what's possible just today and we decide we're going to feel differently today, we're going to be creative and we might actually start to get into something and start to be generous and start to feel abundant. And next thing we know, we might have an amazing opportunity arise or we might start a business or we might start a podcast because we're not 
sitting there looking down at the dirt on our feet and all the evidence of why things are horrible. We're looking at the possibility of what could come in any situation. And that is really, that's like the hero's journey of every human life, isn't it? The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features and view the product roadmap. This my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. 
We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Yeah, and I think what's what's really interesting. I'm a I'm a big meditation person. Um, I created a Me journal too. a couple of years ago called Money Mindset Journal, and it's about this idea of creating creating an environment, creating you know optimism for yourself, and also creating this idea of of pause. You know, I think when we talk about money, we live in a very uh, kind of scarcity driven society. Scarcity is kind of thrust in our face all day long from every direction. And so it's really easy if you're just running on autopilot to let that be kind of the, um, you know, the conscious messaging that's going on uh, inside of you and really directing everything. And so it's, it's easy to be, you know, pissed off about your money situation or, you know, if a bill came out of, you know, left field or your tires, you know, came off or whatever it might be, or, you know, I mean, obviously a, a very real, uh, you know, feelings around money, right? Anxiety, shame, guilt, uh, all of these uh, emotions around money are, are really running wild through through most, most of us. So, you know, creating some space for yourself where you can have pause moments, where you can think through, how am I, how am I thinking? How am I interacting with money? How am I thinking about in terms of abundance or what I want my day to bring me? I think is is really important to, uh, to, you know, I'd even encourage everyone listening, like, just give it a try, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just, just get up one morning and try, try it a little bit. And, you know, I was reading, um, in a recent article, uh, about variety that was talking about you and it, you have a quote in there or, or it has a quote in there. I should say, it says that you theorize that all humans have this capacity to change their lives for better and rewrite the narrative they've been given and I love that because, you know, we talk about money stories on this show a lot and how the idea that what has already happened in your money story, that's already been written, right? We can't, we can't change a lot of that. But going forward into the future, we have a lot of control over that, you know, and it's, it's not something that we talk a lot about, but I think it's really important. So, you know, I was wondering, Kathy, like thinking about 
thinking about this, like how do you see, you know, the stories or the money stories really impacting our ability to to live in abundance and, and make that choice of abundance? Oh, there's so many of them. And I want to answer your question and also want I want to say this, which is that it's it's a both and, which most most things in life are because we live in a world of action, right? While we have uh so much that is in the resonance, right? Like if you go to lunch with someone, regardless of how cool you you love their outfit and you appreciate what they're wearing, what will impress you most is their energy, right? Like if the right, person right, has yeah. a high vibe, doesn't matter what jacket they have on, right? <laughs> so yes, the energy of things, the mindset behind things probably does 99%, Okay. But then there's the world of action, right? Because if the person with that high vibe didn't show up to the lunch and just thought about you telepathically, you might not have any sense, right? You might be like, <laughs> why didn't you like get in the car and show up? Like right, I can exactly. have a vision for my daughter's birthday and I could just say, I just have this vision. But it's like at the end of the day, like take that vision now and hang up the happy birthday banner and get her the stuff from Build-A-Bear and like, now she's good to go, right? We live in a world of action. So it's both. So I do want to spend a little time today talking about the action because I think that people find that really helpful. It's like, could you just tell me what to do? And it's like, yeah, we're yeah. going to do both, give me the, right? Give me the 10 steps. Yeah, exactly. Because there is a both, right? That the steps are probably like 2%, but you need those steps because look how much you and I have gotten out of hitting record, publishing a podcast, taking those steps. It's like, don't not do that, right? right. You're, that's like you're the missing. forward movement, right? Like exactly. That, yeah, that's the propelling energy that's going to So that's yeah. why I have a multi-million dollar business because it's both and I geek out on the action part. I love that part. I like the game of it. It is so much fun to play it and keep finding out how to play it better and better with empathy and integrity and creativity. So we can get into that. But yes, what stops people from the action is the mindset, right? First of all, people will say to me, I'd love to build a business, which is really what I help people to do. I help people build a business, getting to be paid to be them, right? Getting to, getting to zero in on their passion, whether it's floral design or organizing or painting and getting paid to do it. That's literally my thing, okay? And what stops people is the mindset. Like you said, number one, it's who am I to get paid to do this? I feel like I'm ripping people off. They could hire a better organizer. So we have to deal with that. Then there's the feeling of, well, if I do make money, I feel so responsible now. Oh my gosh, if I'm a coach all of a sudden, I feel like this person, I'm going to be drowning in responsibility because I'm responsible for this person. So there's some mindset stuff around that, right? Then there's the mindset stuff around, Kath, have you, have you been on, on the internet? There's a thousand other people who want to be architects. Why would I, they would already hire them. There's a totally. thousand things that stand in the way of you taking the simple action because of where your mind is. So absolutely, like, the mindset stuff is everything because if you if you're going to go out to dinner and you can't plug into the GPS where you're going, the GPS can't tell you how to get there, right? If you can't even see clearly like I think I want sushi, right? I'm going to tell it. So if you're <laughs> if you just can't even tell it where you're going because you can't even see the possibility that there's a sushi restaurant or Italian restaurant that you actually want to go to and sit down at, you won't type it in, therefore you won't get the directions. So the action part, the directions, don't you notice you type it into the GPS within like 15 seconds, it tells you exactly how to get there. The action part is actually not the hard part. It's the vision of claiming this. So when I started a podcast six years ago, 
When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. My daughter, who's six, was 10 days old, and I was so tired, and I was so busy, and I already had two other kids who were under the age of four, and I had no business starting a podcast because I had so much else going on, and I was a songwriter full-time. I was writing music for Disney, for McDonald's commercials. I had a full-time business writing music for film and TV. And I just wanted to start this show. But even with that, I never said the words, I'm trying to start a podcast. I said, I'm starting a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. I claimed it. It was like, as long as I'm doing this, I'm all in. I'm doing this. And as soon as I told myself, because with, with, with the way psychology is inside of us, we will want to be congruent with who we say we are. So if you tell yourself that you're a healthy person, you will put your running shoes on and run. If you tell yourself, oh, I'm kind of not, not so health conscious, <laughs> you won't commit to the, to the health stuff, right? If you tell yourself, I'm a punctual person, I'm a person with integrity, you will always show up with integrity because you will always want to be congruent with who you say you are. So when I tell myself, 
I'm doing this, all of a sudden my brain starts to give me clues and evidence that I'm going to do this next thing and this next thing. So absolutely, the mindset stuff is huge. And then we can get into the steps. And you know what happens? As soon as I tell people the next step, once they think the mindset stuff is done, they bump up against the mindset stuff again. For instance, right, totally. I say, it keeps I coming s- back, right? As I'll say to people, okay, you got the vision? And they say, yes, I'm going to open a bed and breakfast. Or, okay, yes, I'm going to teach guitar. Oh, okay, yes, I'm going to start a business uh, selling these hand-poured non-toxic candles. I say, great. The first step, the first step is for you to get your own focus group right? Every product that's ever been out there, you give it away for free and you get feedback. They go, oh God, I got to put this in front of a person. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, now all my imposter syndrome comes up. Now I feel my ego can't bear being rejected. It's like, oh no, 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 no. This is the beginning of the journey. Rejection is redirection. Feedback is the best thing ever. It's the answer key. You got to get in there. You got to have the willingness to be messy. You got to have the courage to keep editing. That's how every iPhone keeps getting better. That's how every movie goes through edit after edit. Steven Spielberg shoots the movie for three months. He edits the movie for the year. Okay. The editing is a longer process than the creating because you have to just begin in the market. When I used to write music, I would send it in knowing there would be 20 rounds of notes, take the horns out of this, speed up the intro, change the lyric on the bridge. Of course. Right. So if your ego is going to get that wounded, we've got a problem now. We can't even begin, but let's say they say, fine, I can start. I did it. I tested it. Then you say, great. You made those gluten-free cake pops. You gave it away to one mom, somebody who you know from Carline at school. What did she think of it? Now ask her, is there anything she would change about it? Does she like the consistency? Does she want it to be a different flavor? Now ask her what she would pay for it. Now she says she liked it. You went back. You made it better. The cinnamon one tastes even more delicious. She's ready. Now she says, can I have that? Now you got to be willing to say, I'm going to allow her to pay me for this. Right. And then again, all the imposter syndrome comes up. I don't know how to price it. It's like, well, everything has a price. Everything in the market has a price. Every home has a price, depending on the square footage and where you live. Every candle, there's a high end and the low end. There's a lipstick, a high end and a low end. Just start. So then it goes back to the courage, right? And it's just amazing how the steps are not hard. It's the mindset. But if you can work that mindset and you can take those steps, you will soon have a business and you will get paid to be you. And you will start to find abundance. And, and the happiness is in the journey because it's never really about selling the product or building the online class or getting your podcast to grow. It's about who you become along the way. It's about what it reveals in you, right? I mean, my show started six years ago. Now we have 40 million downloads and it's not the 40 million downloads. It's who I've become by continuing to have to make many decisions along the way. And by continuing to have to be holding the space and stronger and more courageous, that's the satisfaction. It's not in the outcome. It's in who I've become in the journey. So how do you practically, Kathy, like when you get stuck in those moments of, um, you know, kind of getting back in the mindset where uh, all the false beliefs and the negative talk and like everything's kind of coming at you, do you have any like process or system or, things that you do to kind of get you back in a place where you're like, no, okay, okay, I got this. I can do this. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's all the time, right? Because that's why we're on the planet. Like we came here to keep growing. If you look at water, 
water that doesn't move, it dies. Like if you look at pond water, you can't drink it. It's, it's disease has algae in it. It's not safe. You get sick from that. If you look at water in a river that keeps growing, keeps striving, keeps moving, it's life-giving. We came here to play that video game of constantly finding an area in our life where we bump up against a limiting belief. We bump up against where we are willing to like kind of bow out of being courageous and we find another opportunity to be courageous. So I have it every day. And it's awesome because there's always an opportunity to say, ooh, I don't feel like being honest with my mom right now because I don't want to hurt her feelings. Or I feel like just, you know, lowering my boundary right now with a client. It's like, no, don't protect, be in alignment, see if you cannot be codependent, right? Like constantly, or I feel like changing the name of my podcast and am I going to lose people? It's like, well, what's, what's really losing people? Because if I'm really not aligned anymore with that, then isn't that losing myself, right? So there's these constant things. So what do I do? I'm constantly on the lookout for the areas every day where I can have a breakthrough. And it's always in choosing the alignment. I just had something in business with someone where we came to an impasse and I had to um, be very much in integrity and I had to be respectful. And at the same time, I, I knew I had to hold a boundary and it was hard because I really valued this person, but I knew that at the end of the day, no matter what the outcome was, I knew I had to stay in integrity. And it's not easy, especially when you have the kind of protective mechanisms like I have, like be a pleaser at all costs. <laughs> me too. That, You're in good company. <laughs> right. But that doesn't really serve me as an adult. And ultimately, when you're in integrity, even if the person doesn't love your answer, if you say it with kindness and you come from alignment, it ultimately is the best thing for them too, because they don't really want a version of you out there in the world that's lying on some level because you're trying to be a pleaser. So believe me, I have it all the time. And I also do enjoy it. I had something also in a few months ago where I was doing something I couldn't see I was doing. And I became conscious of it where I was putting a couple people on a pedestal and I didn't notice it. And it came back to sort of bite me. And I realized, oh, I'm not in sixth grade anymore. And because of that person's status, I had been unconsciously kind of uh, over delivering. And it's like, oh, wait, I don't have to do that. I can have an integrity cleanse. I'm an adult. They're not my boss. There's actually nothing I need from them. And I don't actually have to have everybody in my circle. I can kind of clean my circle and only have the people in my life who I really feel reciprocity with. And I just kind of love when those things happen because we become conscious of areas that we were unconsciously kind of holding ourselves back from more of a feeling of fullness. So, yeah. oh, I have it all the time. And I guess my answer is I'm constantly looking for it. I'm actually looking for and excited about it. When I see it, I go, Ooh, this is going to hurt. That means there's growth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I love this idea. We we've talked a lot in this conversation about, about abundance, that this is our, our choice, right? That we each, no matter what circumstance we're in, we get, you know, moment by moment choice of how we want to live, how we want to interact, how we want to think about things. Um, you brought up optimism, which I think is amazing. So, you know, if, if we're listening, we're like, okay, 
Kathy, yes. Like we're saying yes to this idea of, of abundance. We want to stop, you know, dreaming about our future. We really want to start living it out. You know, what what words of action or inspiration or even just thought do you want to leave us with? Like if we only take away this from the conversation, what do you want to like really stick with us? I think that one thing that's really helpful, um, and this is a Kabbalistic idea that I think really helps us understand the world is um, the word Kabbalah actually means to receive. That's what the word means. And I think that the whole the whole game that we're playing is to be in a state of radical receptivity, radical reception. And it's kind of like a radio. If I actually, in, in real terms, had a radio sitting next to me, depending on where I tuned the receiver, I would hear different music, right? If I tune the receiver to this station right here in this very room, we could all do this experiment. Depending on where the receiver is tuned, I will hear a different song, a different broadcast. And I think that's how life is. It's like when you are in receptive mode, when your receiver is turned on, depending on what frequency, depending on what you're available for, you'll get it. And I think we don't notice that the receiver that the reception has anything to do with what we're getting. I think we think we're just getting the music and it has nothing to do with where the radio is tuned. But that's really what I would leave you with is really start to be aware. How available for joy are you today? How available for wealth are you today? Or do you, because your brain will protect you. And if deep down you have an unconscious belief that having money will ruin your life or make you a greedy person or it will cost you something, you will not let it in. If you have a deep down subconscious belief that being in a relationship will actually cost you a lot, it won't matter how many dating sites you're on, your brain will protect you because it will be consistent with what you believe. So you have to look at what station are you tuned to? What receptivity do you have? Because that's what you will allow in. And so I think that's really why my life feels this way, because I learned that outlook very, very early in the journey. And it it made all the difference. I think my biggest takeaway, it was really hard to narrow down because Kathy is so dynamic, but it's this idea that you select your thoughts in the morning, just like you select your clothes. I've been working on this for quite some time now. It's not always easy to have good thoughts, but when I do... I noticed that my days just tend to go a little bit better. So maybe give yourself a challenge, even just today, to be mindful of of what you're thinking and how those thoughts might impact your money and your life in general. If you want to get more of Kathy, you can find her on the Kathy Heller podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. She's also hosting a free five-day workshop, Most Abundant Year. That starts January 23rd. It's not to be missed. You can find out all the info at kathyheller.com slash workshop. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, shout it out to a few friends right now who might also need to live in a little bit more of abundant thinking. You can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guests, as well as the sponsors who make this show possible. I'll see you back here, my friend, in a few days for a brand new episode. Music.